Hi there, my name is Alex Faust, and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week, we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Jeff, if you don't already know him, he is the chairman and founder of GH Smart, a leadership and consulting firm that serves Fortune 500 CEOs and boards, billionaire entrepreneurs, and heads of state. He's the New York Times bestselling author of Who, Leadocracy, and Power Score, uh, all three books we will kind of be talking about today. And Jeff and his colleagues donate hundreds of hours per year to advise leaders in education, public health, uh, and government. And, and, you know, we're really just honored to have him part of uh, the EDGE community and to be able to join us live today. So very excited, your book, Power Score, um, and talk about leading teams at full power. So if the people here have not read your book or seen your course online, what does that mean to lead your team at full power? Yeah, what it means to lead your team at full power is to basically achieve the, the full potential of the results of your team. And we did this huge study. We looked at over 10,000 successful and unsuccessful teams. We got the University of Chicago and their high-powered professors and researchers to do the data analysis. So this wasn't us saying like, ooh, here's, you know, here's this framework. Um, it's it was, you know, the data were crunched by the by the by the university. And what we found was that teams that were good at three things were 20 times more likely to be successful than teams who weren't good at all three things. So if you run your team at full power in our in our language, what that means is um, there's a P, there's a W, and there's an R, and it spells power. Um, but it means that your team is doing well on, on these three things. And the three things are um, they have the right priorities. That's the P. They have the right people who are on the team. That's the W, the who. And they have the right relationships, and that's the R. So what I kind of like about the framework is it's it's super easy to do a quick diagnostic of your team, no matter how big or small your team is, you know, and, and ask them, hey, do we have the right priorities? You know, is it clear what we're trying to do? You know, that kind of thing. Strategy, vision, mission, deliverables, KPIs. Um, do we have the right people, you know, in on the team and in, in, the, in this company? And then, you know, how are the, re- the relationships? good, bad, et cetera. It's like the culture. And if you're, if, if you're pulling, um, you know, kind of near close to 10 out of 10 on each of those, those three areas, you're 20 times more likely statistically to be successful as a team than if you're weak at any one of those three things. And are these like scores that you're kind of discussing as a team and coming up with as a leadership team, I collectively, we think we're a seven or, you know, are different people saying different numbers. So different. So ideally, it's basically it's here's a secret. It's not really about the numbers. It's about the conversation that happens when, as the leader, you say, "Hey, um, everybody, let's you know rate how you know do we have the right priorities one to ten on a piece of paper?" And um, and then the way we like to do it with with clients is we go, "All right, everybody, one, two, three, and then you whip up the number. And it's great fun because you'll see like, oh my gosh, Janet gave us a three. You know, let's hear from Janet. What's up with the three? Oh, you know, Fred says it's a 10. Like, why do you think it's a 10? You know, it's basically a very quick way to get a, a very substantive, quick assessment of um, of how the team's doing and then hear from people because it's basically like, yeah, give me your score, but then tell me why you scored it, what you did. Um, so with so much chaos and uncertainty, 
and a lot of stress going on, how do you, what do you recommend for leaders uh, to make sure that they're pri prioritizing the next the the right things uh, over the next six to twelve months? Sure. So something that we've noticed with very high performing teams is um, they uh, totally reset their priorities at the beginning of or sometime during the COVID pandemic. So I think what's dumb is to have a situation change and then to not adjust your priorities. That's just doesn't make sense, right? But a lot of companies just based, even entrepreneurial ones, based on um, inertia, uh, don't 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 change the priorities when they should change them. Uh, we did even at, at GH Smart. So we have a 150 employees scattered around 12 offices in the US and Europe. And we had a you know 2020 plan that we came in in 2024. Um, we completely, um, we just put a hold on it when COVID hit in March. We said, look, let's reset our priorities. So our, our priorities changed to, I'll just like share just entrepreneur to entrepreneur here. We were like, uh, all right, our priorities are uh, safe, health and safety. Like, so we want like nobody to die. So that's highest priority. And then it kind of went down the list where it's like, we also don't want to lay anybody off. And then also we want to minimize economic hardship on the team. And then, you know, bup, 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 bup. and then we came up with plans for how we were going to like go after clients with even more aggressiveness to make sure we're, you know, up to, up to date with them and, and being supportive of them as their leadership advisors. So we basically just like reset the whole budget and priorities and goals for the year. And then I'm, I'm like very happy to report that we've been able to accomplish the, the, the five priorities that we set um, for the year, which is like, which is great. But can you imagine just going into the year with a huge bloated budget and like the wrong strategies and priorities if the situation changes as drastically as it did for everyone in 2020? I love what you share about the selling side of the hiring process. And are you finding leaders typically do a good job at this? Um, what are some important things to keep in mind to make sure that you're selling the company well, and that yeah. then is carried on into the actual onboarding process. You bet. And I saw that you, you're good at this, Alex. You seamlessly picked that person's question out of the, I don't know if you knew that, that was right out of the question hopper on uh, the sell step. They wanted to double click on sell. So yeah, let's do it. Okay, so here's how you, here's how you do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, you've put all this energy into finally identifying here's a great person you want to hire. So how do you sell them? Uh, we found that there are five reasons people accept your job offer. And the five reasons are due to fit, freedom, fortune, family, and fun. So the, like, those are the five reasons people take a job. And I'll explain them and I'll give you a little hint. So fit is the most common way to sell someone on a job. Hey, Alex, remember we talked about your career goals and your interests and what you're good at? Well, let me show you how what you're good at and what you want to do fits the GH Smart culture and how we do business. So that selling fit is almost always like the best way to close someone. Um, the other ones like fortune is just be clear about how much money someone can make and what determines it. You know, is it commissions? Is it bonuses? Like be very, very clear about how people make money. Um, a lot of hiring managers aren't clear. Um, I was uh, early in my career, I started my company when I was 23 and I didn't really know anything. And I hired a CFO once and I remember he asked me how much money he could expect to make at my firm. And I told him, oh, tons. You're going to be rich. Um, and he was like, aha, that's great. No, seriously, like, what, can we please map out 
you know, I have a mortgage, I have kids going to college, like how much can I reasonably expect to make? And that was great. His name was Ron. He was a great CFO. And, um, and, and he sort of schooled me on the importance of clarity on telling folks what they're likely to earn. So that's uh, fit and fortune. Freedom. In this day and age, people want to be free to work when they want to work, where they want to work, how they want to work. And so just selling, hopefully your company has a freedom culture and, sh and sharing that with, uh, with people. There's a new study out of Harvard called Time Smart uh, by Ashley Willens. And she found that um, the number one thing that makes people happy at, at work is having freedom. If you have a freedom culture, tell people about it. Um, family, th so this one, obviously you're not supposed to ask people illegal questions like, are you planning on starting a family or are you pregnant? Like you don't ask people illegal questions. Those are illegal questions, but do ask people like, Hey, how does your family feel about you joining our company? Or do you have significant others or friends or, you know, key influences in your life who are telling you yes or no to joining um, this company? And it's good to know about. I did. There's a, a guy in my company named Sean who, whose spouse, I think, was expressing concern about him leaving a, a more established, larger consulting firm to come work here. So I hopped on a flight this pre-COVID, went to New York, took him out to dinner with his, with his wife. And I was like, all right, tell me what your concerns are and let's like work through them. We ended up closing him, but it was only because I sort of asked and got the sense that, that his spouse wasn't super comfortable with him leaving a, a cushy job where he was doing really well to come work at our smaller company. And then finally, um, what was the last one? Oh yeah, fun. Whatever's fun about your firm. Hey, we're entrepreneurs. This should be fun. The work should be fun. Is, you know, sh share that with people. What's the best, most fun part of your job? Those, that's how to close someone is key into some or all of those five factors that make people say yes to your job. Is there any final uh, tips or, or things you'd like to share with the community before we go? Um, just a note of gratitude. It's it's a great pleasure to be able to talk with uh, Growth Institute folks and good job for investing in learning new things and constantly trying to improve your leadership. I think there's no greater lever for good in the world than good leadership. So hire talented, diverse, and good-hearted teams, run them at full power, and the world is your oyster. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates, or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.